Going on, it's Warren Carlisle, community building strategist. I'm here with Damon Oates. Super excited to have a conversation with him because he's doing the thing and teaching the thing. Uh, he's a former engineer in the oil and gas industry, walked away from a, a six-figure job in the oil and gas industry to pursue a passion of his and then to create uh, an amazing business around it. Seven-figure creative empire is what I'm calling it. Um, and, uh, and he's mentoring other creatives to teach them how to do the same. And uh, really what I love about him, and I was telling him this before we went live, is that he's, he's a person that gets thousands of views when he's live. He's a person that gets hundreds of comments. He makes you know five work figures every weekend now. Um, and so learning from someone like him is vastly different from someone who might be separated from their business or who isn't the person who's actually running the community. Damon is a, uh, a community leader. And, uh, and so I'm very excited to ask him questions. If you guys have any questions below, I know um, there's tons of people who follow me that are creatives that are trying to figure out their creative business endeavors. And so make sure you're asking your, your questions below. But hello, Damon, how are you doing today? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing really good. So um, I guess first off, let's just, let's just talk about your, your kind of background. Um, were you creative as a kid? Um, I mean, did you do arts and crafts? What, what got you interested in that? I did not do a lot of arts and crafts as a kid, but I always had to have the best project in school. So like some sort of project, it was always overdone. Um, and then I didn't actually start doing the crafting stuff until probably high school. My grandmother painted like the wood signs out in the yard. Uh -huh. And I quick realized I couldn't paint. Uh, even painting in the lines, I didn't do that. But it wasn't until probably four years into my career when I just needed a stress reliever. Mm -hmm. And I found um, the wreath making and the creative side of that. Yeah, and so in the oil and gas industry, your former engineer, what, what essentially did you do? What, what was your job there? What did you? So I worked for uh, Shell for a couple of years and then Motiva and then a smaller company. And the whole time I was in the cost controls aspect of it. So basically, I got to go out and use my engineering background to determine if the projects that we were doing or the equipment that we were buying was worth the investment that we were making and if we could get a return on our investment. Awesome. So lots of business strategy that I was mm -hmm. able to apply when I left the oil and gas industry. And so when did you really find out, um, like when, did, when, when would you say that you found out that this is the transition you went to make? When was your first sale? Can you talk about that story? Oh, let's see. My first sale, I've been doing this for about, I think this is year seven, mm -hmm. but it was always just kind of a, a side hobby hustle. And we were just kind of doing it to relieve stress and we were donating the profits to Animal Rescue. And it wasn't until a year ago, almost now, that um, I was on the phone with someone and they were like, when are you going to quit your job and just do this? <laughs> I laughed at them literally and said, I will never quit my, you know, five figure a month salary that I don't have to do anything to get to do this. And it wasn't, I don't know, two months after that, that I was sending her a text message saying, hey, um, I had a picture of my resignation letter in it. Really? I think we're going to do this. And uh, it's been crazy. And so like uh, you mentioned, because I saw uh, I've actually uh, done a great deal of stalking and I followed him in very closely because when when they say success leaves clues, right? And so right. I've watched a lot of his live feeds. I've, I've like kind of analyzed, you know, what, what, what draws people to Damon? It's because he's so insanely down to earth. Like when you see him on live, he just talks about, you know, whatever. He's not, 
not in insanely polished, like, no. like when you see most live feeds. He's not, he's just unapologetically himself. He talks about, I mean, he entertains obviously the crowd. And so it's just, I mean, it's, it's really fun to watch. And so, um, but you mentioned on one of your videos that uh, I guess one of the first uh, sales that you make was somebody who just wanted to buy the wreath off your door. Oh, right? yeah. So that was before I was even like had a business or trying to sell. Um, I decided to make a Mardi Gras wreath for my own front door and a neighbor stopped by and he was like, where'd you get that? And I was like, we made it. And they're like, well, how much is it? I'm like, it's not for sale. <laughs> pulled out a hundred dollar bill and they're like, here you go. I'm like, so I just passed it through the window. Like, there you go. You can have it. I'll make another one. Have yeah. And, yeah. uh, and, and then I, I guess you, you, um, uh, you started going live. I mean, was that kind of weird for you? Did you have any kind of uh, fear of going live when you first started? Absolutely. So yeah. I am an introvert. I don't really like people. I don't like to talk a lot. Um, and it just, it never interests me to be in front of the camera. So for the first probably three months of lives, all they literally saw was the table in front of me and my hands working. Uh-huh. And, um, was it because you, you thought they didn't care about who you were? Is it because like self-conscious? Was it probably I mean, a mixture of both and the insecurities? Okay. Um, I, let's see, 10 years ago, I lost 130 pounds. Mm -hmm. So in my head, I've, I've still always had that extra 130 pounds. And it's like, who wants to see that in front of the camera, right? Yeah. Stupid insecurities. And then once you just get out there and show yourself, you'll be surprised at no one cares. Yeah. Like you're, you're <laughs> your biggest hurdle. And so, so you went from, I guess, selling that wreath and then I guess realizing, oh, wow, I can make, I could, well, I could make money here. Like when did you first start getting into selling at scale? Would you say? Um, it was probably three months after the first sale that we looked at the business and said, okay, what can we do with this? Can we make this a little small business? Can what can we do with it? Mm -hmm. Um, and we looked into local craft shows and we mainly sold local <laughs> and we were taking, so at that time I was donating $500 a month to animal rescue. And that's so just something, that's just something that you just did, did. like something you yeah. feel passionate about. Okay. That's right. And then I realized that I could take that $500 and turn it into 2000. Mm -hmm. If I spent the money on ribbon and mesh and the frames, invest a little bit of time and then turned around and sold the end product. Okay. So we were able to sometimes triple and quadruple our $500 that we donated a month by just doing the product and, you know, enjoying ourselves. Yeah. And so I guess when you moved on from there, when you first started getting on live, is that when you started realizing, oh, wow, people like, I guess the first time where you actually sold out, uh, was it a result of you being on live and just everybody wanting your product or how did that go? Uh, what lives did for us was expand our local market into a much broader. So we did a little bit of online sales and we were doing probably 20,000 a year in sales mm -hmm. until we started doing the lives. Then we were doing um, more reach than we could make. I actually started like referring people to friends because I just couldn't possibly keep up with the amount of demand. Mm -hmm. And that was after we started doing Facebook lives where our page jumped up by a hundred thousand in less than a year. And really with the Facebook lives, uh, tell them like kind of what you go live and do. You just show the process of you yeah. making live and talking. So basically our Facebook lives go from picking out the material to assembling the material to a finished product and then showing it off. 
Um, we also do product uh, lives shopping, mm -hmm. showing people how to pick out products for their door, um, what would work, what wouldn't work, what you shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. um, and now we have a warehouse. So we do like lives showing off our favorite products. Uh, how would you say that you started developing those campaigns? Because I know there's a lot of creatives out there that have uh, problems developing campaigns. Was that something that your community said that they wanted from you or just something that you thought, okay, like we'll just start doing this. Like This will just be a thing where we go to the store and we show people how we're picking out ribbon. I think the first thing that we had to realize was that just because we were showing off our secrets mm -hmm. that we weren't shooting ourselves in the foot. A lot of creatives are so scared to share their top secrets because they're scared someone's going to copy them. Um, what you have to realize is that there's always going to be someone out there that wants to copy your product. Mm -hmm. And then there's always going to be someone out there that wants to just buy your product. So if you can start targeting both those markets, um, you actually double your ability to make income. Yeah. So, so we realized a lot of our followers were wreath makers. Mm -hmm. We decided to start doing affiliate sales and going out and showing them products they could purchase too. Nice. So with, um, I guess the people that you were working with, uh, you mentioned in uh, a video that you said you started making kits as well because you, uh, you figured that you couldn't make as much. And so your next logical step was kind of putting all of the products in a, a kit and selling that for other people to make? So in February, we launched a subscription box service. We send out about 800 boxes a month. Mm -hmm. And what we realized was that in a day, we could pack 800 kits and then I could go live and show them how to use the kit. But it would take me two months to make 800 wreaths. Yeah. So we were able to scale up pretty quickly by doing the subscription box service. And were these just like, as it relate, because you didn't, you didn't sit down, I guess, initially when you started and, and have all the answers, right? It was yeah. kind of like as a result of, of kind of asking your community what they wanted, having conversations with them, getting feedback from them, listening to that. Is that correct? That's correct. So it was a lot of, there's no way I can do that. There's no way I can do that. <laughs> all right. They're asking for it too much. We got to figure out how we can, how we can put this in our business. That's awesome. Let's see if we got any. And guys, make sure that you want to. Uh, you definitely want to ask questions to someone like Damon. Like I said, he's a seven-figure creative empire. Uh, he also helps other um, other people who are looking to build a business um, like him. Uh, that, that's another side that we haven't even got to. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, that is another huge aspect of his business is people saying, "Okay." Um, you know, tell, tell us how you did this. Tell us how you're right. doing this full time. We want to leave our job and we want to, we want to do this too. Um, we, our first question is from Angelica. She says, how many people are on your team? We have uh, me and then two other full-time staff members right now. And that's it. So you and two other full-time staff members. That's it. When it was, when you, when you first started, um, I mean, how, how, like, what was the breaking point when you realized that, okay, we need help? Was that, did that happen early on or did you kind of, because I, I know for me for a long time, I was like a control freak around Octonation. I was like, I'm the one who wants to do it all. Um, how, how soon did you hire or ask for help? It wasn't until March of this year. So, yeah. so it's the same yeah. thing. Right. <laughs> so I, I worked my nine to five all day long and then I came here and I worked this all night, slept a couple hours, went back to the nine to five. Mm -hmm. And then all weekend, I just, I was, buried in it. So in uh, February, um, Parker, who is the other half of the business, uh -huh. put in his resignation in the oil and gas industry. And then woo, 
beginning <laughs> of August, we retired my mom from the oil and gas industry and she's helping out now too. Wow. So your whole family is tied up into that industry. That's amazing. They are. And you you broke the the generational like you're like no we're we're doing what we love we're doing our passions that's so Absolutely. awesome. Um, so you said how many people on your team? Let's see, somebody said hi kindred spirit. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so uh, we were talking about kind of you know what makes people go viral, what makes personalities go viral, and I wanted to ask you because a lot on a lot of his lives, um, and most people would think um, I think that. I feel like I'm able to be a better community leader and community strategist is because I'm a part of communities of people who are doing amazing things. And so I was really happy that one day that I was in the living room and overheard my mother-in-law, Debbie, say laughing. And she was, and I was like, what are you laughing at? And she was like, I'm watching Damon. And I was like, who's Damon? And, uh, and so I started watching your lives and I, and I, I think like 30 minutes went by and then 45, like, and I was like, I've never just sat and watched, you know, this for this long. It was like the combination of just you being you and you creating something and then watching it come alive was just, I couldn't, I couldn't stop watching. And so how important do you think, I guess you doing those lives and just being transparent um, with people, um, like how important do you think that was to your business and you going viral? I think it was probably the biggest piece of the whole business. And the task that we did really well was that the only wreath that I make on Facebook Live, like 90% of the times, is my most popular seller. So I can make that whole wreath without ever looking down. So I can look at the phone, read the comments, and interact with people while still telling them how to do the, in the project. Mm -hmm. Whereas other people are either reading comments or they're crafting and they're not doing a good mixture of both. So, so we were able to, you know, it was definitely important to, to read those comments. Would you say that it's important? Like people like hearing their names, people like, absolutely. yeah. Um, and another thing uh, that I noticed about his, his videos too, was that uh, after watching two or three, uh, two or three of his live streams, I knew about his relationship. I knew about his dogs and his, his love for them and how much money he was donating to them. I knew, I saw the way he interacted with his friends when he was doing collaborations and it just added this, this connection to him. And I was like, I don't even know you. And I feel like we're best friends. Right. Um, and I feel like if somebody were to ever talk bad about you or ever do whatever, or just be like, oh, he's just trying to do this. I'd be like, no, you don't even know him. Like, let me tell you his whole entire life because you show people that aspect of it. And so, um, and so I, I guess how, how important is being vulnerable um, to, to, to you think the business is? I think it's huge. I mean, we basically peeled the roof off our house and said, come on in. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we've done tours around our house. We, do tours in the kitchen, making dinner. Um, we share family recipes, actually like cook them with them. Um, to, you know, shopping for the new nephew's baby bed. So they are <laughs> all mixed into our whole family mix. Like they are more concerned about what's going on at the hospital right now with, the, with my cousin. And then <laughs> we are like, they probably knew that we had a new nephew before we did. Like it's, it's insane. So would you say that actually showing yourself, like there's a huge change between just showing your hands and, and showing who you were and like what you were about, that, that there was a night and day difference between doing that? Absolutely. And our craft room is a complete mess and it's relatable. So a uh -huh. lot of the shows you look at and they're so staged 
and you can tell it's staged and it's not real life. And um, a lot of people are just like, we are so glad that we can relate that, you know, when you burn your finger, you actually, you cuss, you know, yeah. you make that, <laughs> oh crap face. Um, you have stuff all over your table and it's not perfectly clean. And we don't feel like we can't say anything like we're embarrassed. Mm -hmm. So it was really just about connecting to that audience and making sure that they felt like you care. And I think a lot of, uh, a lot of creatives are introverts and can definitely, um, when you, when you talked about an, like a, a creative not wanting to show their process because they feel like everyone's going to steal it or that's just too personal to them or intimate to them. Um, I guess what, what would you tell somebody who is still hesitant from, from showing off kind of, kind of what they do? Cause there's a, been a lot that I talk to, um, that say nobody cares. Right. And I, I think you're evidence of, yeah, they, they, they actually do. But how did, how did you work through that? So your biggest asset is your knowledge. Mm -hmm. So if you can capitalize on that piece, you can make endless amounts of money because you're not bottle capped, right? So if you're only making the end product, um, there's only so many products you can make in a day. But if you can bottle up everything else that you know and you have, and you can share that with people for free, then people will pay you extra because of what you shared for free. And so let's let's talk about how you've because a, a thing that another thing that you help creatives with you you kind of after kind of establishing yourself in this field and and, and taking it over uh, you um, got the idea to to open up this other side of your business where you teach um, creatives and I'd say you could even go past that but um, uh, but you teach people how to kind of diversify their income streams and to 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 start a business being a creative how did that how did that come about or how did you first start doing that? Uh, so basically we kept getting email after email and message after message on Facebook about people wanting to know how we set up our Etsy shop. How do we get a Shopify store? How did you get 10,000 sales on Etsy? Um, and finally I just said, this, there's too many questions. I can't answer all my questions, run my business and go to the nine to five. Uh -huh. So we just started, we started out charging, I think $20 a month for people mm -hmm. to just pick our brain in the group. And that was a hot mess <laughs> because there was no structure and they could just ask any questions they wanted. And we were just running around answering questions all day. So we quickly realized that wasn't a good idea. And I'm sure you felt indebted because even at $20 a month, Absolutely. I mean, it's not a lot of money, but you, you feel like, well, this is what they're paying for. So I need to be available 24 seven for these questions. Right. <laughs> it was, it was rough. So how did you transition that into something more structured? So now we have a detailed outline of the training that we're going to talk about the month, every month. Mm -hmm. um, on every Sunday, I still host an open Q&A call where I just get on there like this and they rapid fire hot seat questions and I try to answer them the best we can. But at least it's only once a month, once a week. Mm -hmm. And it's a set time and they know they have an hour to shoot them at me. Before yeah. it was just everywhere. It was a mess. <laughs> so we got a question from Monica. She says, did you have another business before you did this one? I did. I had an oil and gas consulting business. Um, that's where actually where I started out of college. Mm -hmm. And then I transitioned from the consultant into an employee of Shell. Uh, but it wasn't a creative business. So it was um, the same business, the same job role I had when I left the oil and gas industry. Nice. 
Um, <laughs> Debbie is here. She says, <laughs> she said shared. And then she said, we like watching Stephanie also. And then she said, Warren is going to learn how to make a wreath for his new apartment. <laughs> no, we already talked about an octopus wreath. He's still, we're still trying to figure it out. So we got another one uh, from an, uh, Angelica. She says, my hubby and I are both computer engineers and have the student loans to go with it. Did you start your business free of personal debt or did you jump uh, jumped in the business took care of it? So we still had our personal debt. We have um, two homes and we have cars and we have, we never had any educational debt or credit card debt, anything like that. But we have the, the average run of the mill debt. Mm -hmm. um, I did make sure that I had several months saved up before I just quit my job. Mm -hmm. And we were supposed to work, I was supposed to do this for a year on my own before Parker joined in, but that didn't work out. We needed him sooner. Yeah. And um, I will just say like we went from making 20,000 a year to 20,000 a weekend to in January, we've hit six figures every month since then. Yeah. So. And and, and and six figures was that because of you diversifying, you said that you went from making selling wreaths to realizing there was a problem because you couldn't make as many as people wanted. So you started selling like you started selling the products right. um, that went along with it. And then uh, the subscription box service happened. So all of this is kind of is kind That's of taking right. off really quickly now. So what we did so, was uh, basically I will order a bunch of supplies. We have a 6,000 square foot warehouse full to the brim. And then we will do a Facebook Live showing off how to use those products. And I will sell that wreath usually on the Facebook Live. And then I will tell them where they can go buy the products at. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't meet up with everyone's demand for those same wreaths, but now I can have them just buy the product and watch the live and make it themselves. So it's almost like a, a your own personal HSN. Almost <laughs> like you were, you were like demonstrating all day. And, for a lot of you know, people kind of like, I mean, you can mimic what people are so used to seeing because I think a lot of your market is a market that watches, yeah. you know, Asia and that buys stuff from TV and you've replicated that, not replicated, but you have that same sort of visual element because if you go watch uh, one of Damon's lives, he has the way he has it set up is you can see, you can interact with him, you can see him, uh, uh, sometimes you'll have guests with him. Um, you know, and it's just that same sort of environment where it's entertaining and and even more entertaining because he's he's actually talking to you. Like I don't know how he talks to everybody, but you you say like everybody's name, you answer like all the pertinent questions, and and so it's just an amazing it's an amazing thing. When when you first started, I mean, did you go live to like ten people, <laughs> or did you like how was that? Did you immediately start collaborating with other people, or what was that process from going from where you said that you had like six hundred, where you had like you know when, when did you first started? Like how did you? So when I first started, I had ten people that I would message before I went live, and I said, "Come join me because I'm only going to talk to y'all," and that's all <laughs> I did. I only talked to those ten. Um, <laughs> And that lasted probably a good month. And then more people started showing up. And when I started, there was really no one else in my industry who was willing to share their secrets. Mm -hmm. So they kind of just swarmed in. And now it's been a snowball effect because everyone in our industry is doing it and helping each other out. And it's just been a huge community building effort. Yeah. Yeah, and I saw, um, and I, I definitely said, like one of my things about building a fanatical community is is not looking at your competition 
Absolutely. as competition, but but collaborating with them because if they if they cater to your ideal audience, it's silly to think that you're gonna fill everybody's personality gap, right? Like Damon might not be for everybody, right? right. Maybe they, they they like don't relate to his story at all, or maybe they have some some prejudice against his lifestyle, or maybe they. And so to think that everyone's just going to love you is kind of like short-sighted. Um, and so how, like, who was the first person that you that you collaborated with that kind of like changed your business or kind of blew you up? Or did you um, just by going live, just kind of take off by yourself? So there is another pretty large wreath maker in the industry, uh, Julie Samako. Mm -hmm. And we met for the first time October, a year ago mm -hmm. and we collaborated at that point to do some videos together and that's kind of what helped both of us grow even to a larger audience because we both had different people mm -hmm. um hers is very clean very staged very proper and mine's a hot mess <laughs> so our two audience then kind of collided and um She's actually who I host the live events with and all that network building that we do now. Nice. We'll get back to that, but I want to answer somebody's question. So yeah. somebody said, uh, do you have an affiliate? Do you have affiliate partnerships with any of the companies whose product you promote? All right. So Angelica, actually, the reason that we have products is because no one looked at our industry as something worth giving an affiliate to. Uh -huh. um, the companies who sold the products told us that um, none of that mattered but they can make sales without us. Right. So we said, all right, if we can't have affiliates, we're going to open a warehouse and our own, our own supply store. So we do have a few affiliates now, but most of the products that we advertise are right out of our own shop. That's so smart. So if, if we couldn't build the industry, we made the industry, right? <laughs> and I love that mindset. And I, I think like it would it take someone, someone like, like you to like, I know you mentioned uh, you and uh, what was her name? Stephanie. Uh, Julie, sorry, Julie. Uh, yeah. I was uh, kind of pioneered that whole and showed the industry, showed the wreath making industry that you could be collaborative, um, that you can do this, and you can and you can get even more success if you kind of work together because there's different personalities, they play around with each other, and I personally think that when you go live with someone, um, that there's there's the way you play with people, like you know your personality, talking to other people, it's it's even more entertaining. Like you're entertaining by yourself, right. but when people get to see you interact with other people, it's it's fun, right? Yeah. And so um, and so, what advice would you give people that that have crafted or are are doing lives, um, but they're they're not ever doing interviews like this, or they're um, they're kind of afraid to work with somebody else? What would you tell them? I would say jump out there and get to know your people. Mm -hmm. So um, they love it if you can call them out by name and you remember what you talked about last time, or if you remember something about them that makes them feel special. Um, make sure that you know uh, just the other big dogs in your industry and you collaborate with them. If it looks like you are being part of the team player, it just makes you overall look better. Mm -hmm. um, there are some people in our who are not, you know, collaborating and playing on the nice team and people have called them out for it. Yeah. So as we start building this community of everyone play nice and help each other, you want to make sure that you are in the front of that and showing people your best side. Solid. 
Um, reading questions down here, now they're coming in. Uh, Monica uh, says, how did you refine your business side? Business coaches. So I am um, strong supporter of Nicole Walters and Jennifer Allwood. Um, I knew that my target audience was women. So it was a natural for me to go after Jennifer Allwood um, because she is so relatable for my target market. Mm -hmm. um, and that is the target market for buying the end product and buying the home decor product. So her same people um, would buy the stuff to make a wreath for their front door. So by going under Jennifer and learning how she treats people, how she talks to people, how um, women relate to each other in that group atmosphere, um, it helped me do research for my target market. Mm -hmm. And then Nicole Walters, who is just a business powerhouse, has helped me refine a lot of my ins and outs. I think you introduced me to Nicole Walters because I, I saw you talking about her one time and I went to go and I'm friends with her on uh, on Facebook and she's so much fun to watch. She is. <laughs> she's so smart and uh, definitely love that she's a part of my circle now. Um, but I guess uh, past that, how, how did you refine your business side is uh, what I think she meant by that question too is um, I, I don't think you thought when you first initially started that you had mapped it out full completely. As as situations arise, you address them with solutions that would either make you more money or um, so. Was it did, was it through uh, mentors that you refined the business kind of completely, or did you kind of listen to your audience? Or it's a lot of listening to your audience and realizing no matter how many times you put out that fire, it's not going to go out. It just mm -hmm. keeps coming back. So then you figure out how you can uh, tackle that flame and then how you can monetize it mm. and how you can make it where you can bundle up some type of solution and be able to put it over here and not have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> Somebody said, uh, Angelica said, engineer brain. I'll just build it myself. Love it. That's right. on my own. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I could see where a lot of creatives too, they kind of wait and they, they would think like, I need to wait for someone to come support this idea or support my dreams in this way, shape or form. And a lot of times it's just connecting with, with someone like Damon to say, no, I've actually done it. And, um, and I went, I went live today and I talked about how, um, if, if you're having conversations with people who are genuinely disinterested in your passion. Um, it will really discount you and keep you discourage you from going forward. Um, what are your thoughts on, on that? <laughs> totally agree. You have to make sure that you find a community that supports and loves your passion. That way you can stay passionate about it. If people are constantly knocking it down and, you know, saying this is just a hobby, it'll never do anything. Um, it can be very disheartening and you just got to make sure you surround yourself with the right crowd. Is like your support system, I guess, and what is the group called again? The group that you host for the business? Uh, Damon's Inner Circle. Damon's Inner Circle. And so the people uh, in there, when they're, I guess, when they have frustrations or they have whatever, they're connected with a group of people who've been through it or who are right. going through it. Or uh, no matter what, there's somebody in that group who can answer their question or at least relate to them from an emotional level, from a financial level. Um, so, I mean, that's the power of inner circles. Absolutely. So we have people in there who are, um, 
seven-figure sellers, six-figure sellers, and then some who are just starting out. So we have people that are at every pain point mm-hmm. and um, who are quick to answer each other's questions and fill in those gaps for people. Yeah. And do you ever get uh, feel pulled between uh, both sides? Because there's like there's both of the businesses, but uh, is there any part of you that's just like, oh, wow, I really want to focus on this business and helping other entrepreneurs or, oh, I, sh- I should focus more of my attention here on the read side. How do you make that that conscious choice throughout the day to balance your time and energy between those two? I had to literally write out a schedule that says, you know, this day I can do this business and then this day I can work on something else. So like Tuesdays, we focus on the wreath business mm-hmm. or I give my attention to the wreath business. And on Thursdays, I give my attention to my just out in the public business that isn't, it's mainly for sales from the warehouse. Mm-hmm. And then every day in between is focused on the coaching, create the business coaching side of it. So you would say that people that don't have that schedule written down are kind of shooting themselves in the foot. Absolutely. <laughs> Cause if not, you'll just forget and lose your track on everything. So we got a question from Anthony. He says, uh, I'm trying to drop ship, but only getting one sale a month. I had to shut down my website and go to eBay. I'm not sure if that's a question or a statement. Um, what I would say to that, it, I would have to ask him, like, what was he doing to drive traffic? If he was just counting on his drop shipping items and his website, it's probably not a good option. Yeah. Um, you really want to grow your audience and then sell products to that audience. Yeah, this is where community building comes in right. and, and figuring out where is your ideal audience hanging out. And uh, a huge thing for me is who's currently catering to your ideal audience and what sort of collaboration right. opportunities. Um, right. Let's see. Um, is Inner Circle a paid membership? Asked Monica. It is. So the Inner Circle is twenty nine ninety eight a month. That's worth it. <laughs> Gosh, it's we, not that expensive. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, awesome. So somebody says, "Yeah." Says she's a rich friend. <laughs> uh, she says, "Note to self: schedule." LOL. Yeah, I, I, it could go. It gets so easy for you just to think that you can handle it, just because, like, right. But then you, you're kind of driven by your emotional side, which wants to do this or wants to do that. I know uh, from Octonation and me running my community that. I, because there's such a, a big number of people following, a quarter of a million plus, I feel pulled from them to create, develop, and do all this content. And and I could see where if, if I didn't schedule that or say, okay, now I need to do this, now I need to do this, my emotions would get in the way and I would get nothing done. Right. So <laughs> I definitely understand scheduling. Um, so I did the time block system where I literally wrote out from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. at night. And I tracked for about two weeks what I actually did. Uh-huh. And I lost a lot of time checking emails and checking text messages and you know looking at Facebook alerts mm-hmm. to see what people were talking about, to make sure I stayed in tune with my audience. And I had to realize that I only need to check my email at 6 a.m. for an hour and 6 p.m. for an hour. I need to only go in there and answer questions during this period during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, if I want to get anything else done. So yeah, it's just, I guess, a realization. If you, if, you, if you sit down and have real conversations with yourself, and I think that's why also being a part of something like, uh, like an inner circle or, because there's, there's uh, people who have asked, where do we go to find out more about this inner circle? Well, you can DM, I don't know how, how, what the best way for you would be to do that. 
but when you're a part of, of something of, of people that are holding people accountable, um, instead of just being around your friends or, or, or talking very emotionally, people who can't solve your problems, you're in a space where your problems can be solved, you know, right. and, uh, and you can actually make things happen because you're not telling somebody who can't help you, you're, you know, and then getting nothing from it and then going to sleep and then waking up the next day. Right. So yeah, and what I realized was that I don't have to give all the answers in the, in the community that I built. Mm -hmm. um, other people are happy to jump in and answer it. I just have to give them time. So if I just waited a little bit longer, someone else has already went through my training or has already experienced that training from me, gives them the same answer that I would. So you're just, you're, I mean, you're really, you're creating a space uh, for, for people who, who have this mindset where they want to end up seven figure creative entrepreneurs right. who are interested in facilitating that conversation in a serious way. You're, you're providing that space and, and that area in which for them to have that conversation. That's right. And uh, I mean, that's, uh, oh, you're in there, Parker. Hey, Parker, what's going on? <laughs> um, so, I mean, and that's what, I mean, community building is all about. Like, I remember, um, and uh, people know this story about me, you know, calling and telling my my family when I was in New York, hey, I think I'm gonna start this Oxbus fan club. And they're like, you're gonna what? Why would you like, and uh, and creating creating facilitating conversations and having conversations with people that, that loved that conversation uh, definitely motivated me to actually do the thing and be lit up every single day. Absolutely. Uh, to do it. So what really, what really lights you up? Is it, is, you know, is it all of it or what do you, what do you find yourself saying, you know what, this, this is really great. This feels great. So the business coaching side of it is really the passion, but at the same time, if I get so lost into it, I will get frustrated and aggravated and I need the creative side to release. Mm -hmm. So I was able to monetize the, the business side and the release of the stress of the business side. Mm -hmm. So whenever we do stuff in the creative coaching group, um, we actually have one recorded like official detail tutorial every month about how they can do something new and gives them new tips, new tricks on, you know, redesign or centerpieces or swags, any of that fun stuff they want. And then the rest of them, we just kind of have a weekly date night where it's just like the normal Facebook lives, except we can't have 2000 people watching and trying to answer all the questions. So they get more of a little one-on-one -on -one where they can ask questions or ask me to redo something and it's, it's a little bit more personal, but that is not, it's more of a stress relief than, you know, work. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So let's see and make sure you guys, if you have any, any questions, you're still asking down below. I know he'll probably, come back later if there's a question we didn't answer and, and get to it. Um, or maybe he won't because he's super busy. <laughs> um, Anthony said that Anthony said he was using social media and Instagram to promote and thought the overflow traffic from eBay would help. Hmm. What I do you think about was, that? I wonder what he was drop shipping. <laughs> I wonder if he knows his, his target market and his audience. Like, there's all kinds of questions that, Anthony would have to look at to see why his product wasn't selling. I mean, literally, um, these little lights, these little ring lights for your phone, mm -hmm. we've sold like 50 of them today because I know my target audience and I know that this is a product that will sell. So we did a $2 ad on Facebook and they're selling. Yeah. 
And and you're saying what, what we use these for is this and that. Right. And it's a great addition when you go live. And so yeah. people are just taking that advice and running with it. I mean, you, you, you turn have, into a tr Yeah, you, I mean, you have to solve a problem for them. And you've turned into everybody's trusted advisor. Like you're not right. just going to sell things that you don't believe in or just to make money. Like that's not something, you know, that you're interested in doing. So with with people who like, what do you advise the people who come into your program? Is there anybody who comes into your program and is just like, well, I just, I just want to make money fast. And, and how do you slow them down? Or what do you, what do you have that conversation about? Uh, we immediately tell them they're not going to turn into a six figure business overnight mm -hmm. and not a five figure business either. We tell them that it took us, you know, six years to get to a point where our business wasn't losing money. Mm -hmm. Um, Luckily, we had the reinforcement backup of two engineering jobs, and we didn't have to really um, worry, I guess, without saying it. Mm -hmm. Something bad, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so we teach people to take a little bit slower path and to make sure that every step they make and every investment they make is a wise decision where we could afford to make errors. We could afford to just jump out there and say, oh, let's see if this ad will work today. Mm -hmm. um, and we know that most businesses just starting out can't do that. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's like, that's real. Like, you know, and that, uh, it's another reason people follow you and follow your advice because you're not gonna be the guru, you know, right. the business, like, and that's why I said, that's what I like about you is that your live feeds actually have a thousand people watching your live. Yeah. Like it, you, you see most of people who are teaching business and they have 10 people on, you know, they have, they have this on, they have, you know, whatever on. And I know for me personally, like this is me just starting out on this community building um, side where I'm actually interviewing people that I've been in contact with me and me and Damon just met, but I have hundreds of friends that, that have communities that have millions of people, you know, uh, sometimes hundreds of thousands, sometimes thousands, and they're all doing the thing that they love because they're fostering this community. And I thought after a while, I guess I'm at the beginning of, of uh, where Damon was when he was like, you know what, let's start up this, um, this other side of your business where I've been consulting. I haven't really been consumer facing about community building, um, and interviewing my friends that are doing really cool things and are able to make it work. And so I think it's an interesting conversation when you bring those people on that are not only just doing the thing, but they're also teaching other people how to do it. And they're actively, they're an active practitioner. So like with me, I have Octonation and managing that community and I, and I am teaching community building and I have the clients, you know, it just, it just makes sense. It's a natural progression. And so, um, yeah, I mean, so I would say like one of our, one of my business coaches has me advised me multiple times that I should not be selling wreaths anymore. Uh -huh. um, it's a waste of my time and I could be making more money doing something else. And my response is always, how can I tell someone how to sell a wreath if I'm not doing it? Yeah. You know, how can I tell someone the new latest trend on Etsy and how to get your Shopify store running if I'm not doing those things? So it's very much in tune with what you just said. Like I always feel like I have to be right in the middle of the whole mix, mm -hmm. um, the whole time, or I'm giving bad advice. Like I can't and tell you fun. what works. I can't tell you what worked five years ago. I have to tell you what's working today. And it's fun. Like you know, with me with Instagram, I love figuring out the the newest algorithm. I love when they they screw something up and you have to figure out a way around it. I mean, I, I think you're one of the first people I I messaged when. Messenger, Facebook Messenger said you can't, you can no longer send out subscriptions. I reached out to you and I was like, well, this sucks, but we're gonna have to figure something out. Like, right. 
you know, and uh, I love I love figuring that out because it's it's fun. Like for me, it's 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 super fun to do all of it, you know. Right. And uh, <laughs> my calendar, my whole schedule got thrown out the window that day because all I did the rest of the day was figure out how I can get around this new roadblock, right? Yeah, and I saw you you. Uh, <laughs> Just for people that that are having an issues with that, the solution that you came up with was what was it? Mainly the text message service, or did you come up with something else since then? So we were doing the text message service for now, and honestly, that was just a maneuver to back up plan in case ManyChat says or Facebook says ManyChat's not okay anymore. Yeah. So while I still have that audience of almost fifteen thousand people in ManyChat, I wanted to make sure I could convert them over to something just mm -hmm. in case. So um, it sounds like we have ManyChat issue kind of straightened out. You just can't promote yourself, uh -huh. which is ridiculous. But yeah, um, if they were to say, you know what, we're just going to go ahead and cut off your messenger bot, I still got that one last message out that told everyone how to find me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like, if, if you hadn't gone through that, then so, if somebody approached you from one of your classes that says, how do I deal with this? And you were just like, uh, figure it out or like I don't know like right. I'm not doing it it's like you're doing it you're, you right. can't you came up with the solution and now you're teaching the solution and you're active and I think learning from someone who's in involved I mean is 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 completely different than not right Absolutely. and so that's why it's an important to uh, if you if I mean if you're interested in that's why I said uh, I'm glad that I connect with Damon as well because I have a lot of creatives uh, that come to me um, specifically for their business model, their business advice, and I'm going to stick them all on Damon um, <laughs> to, jo to join this inner circle so they can get straightened out. Because once they're straightened out that way, uh, I'm the community building guy. I can definitely help you come up with more campaigns, collaborate with people, do the research that no one wants to do on researching their ideal audience because I'm a research freak. Yeah, um, I was in like academic decathlon. I love just going to town on figuring things out for people. So. Um, yeah. So let's so see if we have any. So what, what we that? do is, as soon as you join our inner circle, you automatically get our um, success path that tells you what things that you should have in place in your business before you try to explode it. Mm -hmm. So definitely, it gets them the backbone before they go out and try to build a huge community that they can't wrangle. Yeah, and one thing that we didn't really mention was the uh, Deco Exchange. So can you explain what Deco Exchange is? <laughs> <laughs> well, Deco Exchange is the um, is really just the overall umbrella of all of it. So Deco Exchange is our wreath business and our products out of the warehouse and just in general, our overall name. Mm -hmm. I'm just now starting to brand myself outside of it a little bit with the coaching. I love that. I think that's that's truly gonna blow up. I think yeah, you're even just now, like just at the beginning. I mean, right. I see you, I see you easily eight figure coach by coaching the best in the business just because of the way your brain works. Uh, like I'm excited for what's next for you. Um, somebody said, or Monica said, there's such a different way that men and women think. We try to get cute with our business names. Men just get to the point. I love it. <laughs> so whenever you're doing that, you have to remember that if someone is on Google and they're looking for your product, they're not going to know this little cutesy name and what it represents, right? So if you have your name and your business or whatever your business represents inside of it, yeah, it allows you a better chance to get found on all the different platforms. Yeah. That's what when I named Octonation, it says Octonation, the tagline is the largest octopus fan club. Because right. I want people when they say, what's Octonation? I've given them the tagline to say, this is exactly what it is. 
Um, somebody said, are there, uh, Angelica says, are there any conferences or events you'd recommend like uh, Create Ovation, et cetera? Um, so we host one every, well, it'll be August this next year. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called Wreath Makers Live. Um, that's really the only one that I've really participated in. There's not a lot for um, our side of the creative business yet. It's still, it's just now starting to grow. And I, I really think it too is because like what, what Facebook Live has done for a lot of creatives is validate their audience and their community that like it really showcases that people are really fascinated with your talent. You know, people right. are really interested. They want to do it for themselves. And, uh, and I, I just love Facebook for that because like there was somebody that I met this other uh, at an expo and she um, uh, dissects uh, animals and she does, she does like these sciency posters. And then she also explains like if there was a rupture and then, like a chameleon spleen, she'll like, she'll put like this thing out and she's actually doing really well. She's created a whole entire business around that on Facebook Live. And it's just like, who would have thought that she could have done right. that as a business before? Like m most most of the people around her probably thought, oh, that's weird or no, one, no one's ever gonna buy that. But she has like hundreds of people that watch her live as she's talking about these, these things. Um, so I guess another answer to that, like from my side is, are there any conferences or events you'd recommend? I would recommend following people that are doing it and getting a mentor of somebody who's doing it and just do the thing. You know, I think that's the fastest way to learn is by getting that mentor and then uh, whatever they tell you to do, immediately implement it. Right. Um, and so you won't have to go to as many conferences after that. Uh, Angelica? I look at is conferences that are not in my realm Okay. to see how they're doing it. Mm. So we have a, an idea that we should go to one of the gaming conventions um, because they do community building and advertising and promoting better than anyone else, right? Like yeah. who else gets paid to have a, a drink on their desk? <laughs> right? So just to go out there and see how someone else is doing it and then bring that back into your own business atmosphere on how you can change the way your business is done to pull some of those other ideas in. Yeah, and so, yeah, that's, I mean, that, I, when I look at community building and I tell people, because lots of times people are like, why would I want to be a part of Damon's community when I'm, in, no one said this, but somebody could say, why would I want to be a part of Damon's community when I, uh, in, in, I'm an educational consultant or something like that? It's like, because you can reframe the strategies that he's using uh, to your business, but I guess that's a, that's a, like a level deep, so, which is why people need mentors and our current inner circle we have people from mlm groups we have other business coaches we have other we have creatives of course we have people who are just selling shopify stores so we have a good mixture of everyone in there mm -hmm. who um luckily have looked at it and realized that you don't have to be in that community to sell that yeah sell their product in the community Angelica asks, are you selling on more than one platform, um, Shopify, Etsy, Amazon? And if so, what's the strategy behind doing that? So we sell on Etsy and we sell from our personal websites and we sell on Shopify and Amazon and eBay. So and attention arbitrage. Wish. <laughs> so basically, if you have a Shopify store, you can connect to 10 other platforms and manage it all in one spot. So wow. it's crazy not to do it. So, so you're selling. 
So slow that down. So you, when you have a Shopify store, you can literally, you can literally have, there's plugins where you can push it out to all of those platforms. That's right. Wow. So your Shopify store will connect, I think, to 10 other places, including your Facebook store shop. So you can have your inventory listed there one time. And as it sells off one of the platforms, the inventory management's already taken care of for you. So it's kind of crazy not to just throw it all out there in all the places uh-huh. and uh, hope for the best. That's why I think even like your inner circle, I mean, even even it, like the, that one tip or whatever, that's like worth way more than $29, right? right. <laughs> it's like, like once you get that, then you're just like, why would I ever leave? Um, Anthony asked, how do you find your target audience? I don't know if that's a, like a long question. That is a long question. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. So you have to know your product and what that product would relate to. Uh-huh. So, you know, if I was selling this ring light, I wouldn't be targeting, you know, 80 year old ladies because they're probably not taking selfies. Right. Um, so it's really based off of your shop and your store. When I'm selling resupplies, I'm not going to look for men who love NASCAR. Like yeah. Common, you know, so you have to know your product and who would want to purchase your product. Would you say, because, I mean, obviously you got started with the wreaths because you were interested, you're passionate about making them, that there has to be something about the product that you're selling that you're like genuinely connected with, or does that matter at all? I think it does matter because it helps you relate to those people. Mm-hmm. So if I didn't know the first thing about, you know, why that's a good ribbon choice, um, it would be really hard for me to push that ribbon out of the shop. Yeah. But people see the quality of the work that we produce and they know that we're going to sell them a good quality product. Yeah, I know. I know I personally would be like, I don't know how people would view me as the leader of Octonation if I like actually secretly like sharks, like, and right. just like, sharks. you know what I mean? So it's like, that's, that's why if I think if you're, if you're truly, if you're, if you're truly managing a community and you want the best for that community, then, then you really have to care about the subject. Like in my free time, I'm reading books on cephalopod behavior. Like I'm like, I'm doing the thing. Like I'm, I'm researching. You're probably looking at different ribbons. You're probably going yeah. shopping for different ribbons. You're, so for us, that research is almost the same. If we're driving down the road and we see a craft store, all of a sudden we will pull in and turn on the Facebook Live and say, guys, look what we just found uh-huh. and build up the hype in our community over this new shop. Yeah. Or whenever we were in New Orleans picking out the location for the next week Makers Live, there was a discount shop across the street who had Mardi Gras mask. Mm-hmm. So we instantly went live, walked in there and told them, hey, guys, when you're here in August, make sure you walk across the street because these are half the price you pay online. So just constantly giving them those tips and just building up their awareness of, you know, who you are and what you represent will help you sell a product a lot faster. So let's see, let's see if we have any questions. Um... Got a lot of people saying hi to you. I think we shared this to your your followers because a lot of your fans are coming in. <laughs> yeah, they're like, "Hey, what's going on? <laughs> this is a party now." Um, yeah, you mentioned the other day uh, just to talk about the influence of of your community now that you you were showing uh, your bow maker and it actually had a number on it. Um, it had the number of the thing. Can you like tell that story? <laughs> Yeah, so we didn't expect for the uh, the company that made the bow maker to have like her personal cell phone number on the bow board. <laughs> uh, 
So we just jokingly said, hey guys, you should call this 1-800 number and tell her that we're using her board on Facebook Live uh -huh. and we need to buy some. <laughs> and um, there was over 2,000 people on the live, I think. <laughs> and it wasn't within like 30 minutes that the owner and the creator of this tool that we were using was on our live saying, thanks for the support and reaching out. Can't wait to talk to you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, people were calling her number and then they were calling incorrect numbers and it was it was interesting. <laughs> Have you since then talked to her? Are you like working on like a deal together or I mean we how's do. that conversation? We do. So she is actually doing a um a, kind of like a promotion to anyone who says, hey, we saw your uh, business from Deco Exchange. Mm -hmm. And that she's giving them a deal on the product. Yeah. So it's only a, a seven dollar product. So there's not mm -hmm. a lot on our end for affiliate sales to, to stress out about. Yeah, for sure. So would you say like, as, as far as who you've collaborated with since then, you've collaborated with a lot of people um, in industry, have you thought about um, uh, any future like expansion, like uh, uh, collaborating with somebody, um, like, I don't know, like, you know, you see it all the time where like a Gary the Gary Vaynerchuk uh, partners with K-Swiss and they created like a custom shoe around. Do you have any, like ideas of, of like where you're going next as far as as far as your business is concerned on the reef side? We have talked to a few people um, yeah. actually out of France and Asia to make our own product line of ribbon because we couldn't find anyone to work with like that. So does your audience has your, does your audience know that yet or is this like they don't know that yet? <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, so pretty soon we're going to start seeing uh, Damon's uh, line in like every single major store ever. That's going to be really cool. You're like, yeah. hey, that's Damon's face. I talked to him the other day. That's really cool. So, um, awesome. So this has been great. Uh, uh, I'm trying to see questions outside of people just saying hello, hello, hello. <laughs> uh, that's really cool. Uh, so as far, as far as community building is concerned, I guess, uh, for the people out there who are, are just getting started um, and, and like, like we talked about earlier in the conversation that, that showing who you were uh, and showing your life um, and talking more, more or less about just like your personality and what you were going to go do, that that was really important. So for the people who are still self-conscious and, and, and how would you say to kind of overcome that? Go live more often? I've heard that as advice. I've heard, how do you really step into who you are and showcase, you know, your personality? You know, um, how, how did you go about doing that? So what we did was we went live when we didn't want to. Um, yeah. we, we pressed that, just hit the go live button and do it. Okay. Never watch the replays when you're first starting, because then you will hate them even more because they're awkward and so you never watch the replays. That's good advice. Right. Not when you're first starting. And even now, I don't, I typically don't go back and watch the replays unless someone has literally tagged me in a question. I'll go back and answer it. Uh -huh. But um, my answer on my other nephew's there. <laughs> Cameron. Um, but yeah, if you're already nervous and you don't like the way you think you're gonna look on camera, don't go back and watch the replay because it's just gonna mess with your mindset even more. Uh -huh. um, talk to friends and make sure that they are there to show up when you go live the first few times. That way you get that comfort factor and you feel like you're just talking to people you know. Mm -hmm. 
that's really the best. You just always, do it uncomfortable. I, always, I personally told people like if, if you can't go live by yourself and you're and you feel like you're better at having conversations with people, do get on live with somebody else. Get on an interview. Um, right. If you feel like you're you're just talking direct to camera and you're just kind of going off at a lot of tangents, maybe you're the sort of person that that needs to play off energy of somebody else, you know. Um, and so going live with finding somebody else to go live with would be a smart smart thing to do. But how did you get comfortable with really talking about? I mean, was it just a natural progression of you just feeling more and more comfortable at, about talking about your kind of like your personal life, your partner, your dogs, your whatever? Did that just like, did you talk about that before? Is that something that you grew into as you realized people wanted to know more or people were asking more questions? Basically, people keep asking questions, so you're forced to answer okay. those things, right? So, <laughs> um, you know, they want to see your home. They want to see your house. They want to see what everything looks like. So we did a lot of walking through the house, and they want to know why there's so many dog kennels. So then we introduced them to the dogs, and, you know, I still get questions on where's the wife and kids, and uh, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> so, so just just answering, giving them what they want, you know, that's and right. not and not not thinking that no, they don't care or no, because that's what I hear from a lot of creatives is oh, they don't they don't care about that or they don't care about this. It's just like, yes, they do. <laughs> People are nosy. Like, right. I want to know. Like, I personally, you know. I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, yeah, ask him this, ask him this, ask him this. So, I mean, people it's, want to know. Whenever you turn it more into just information sharing, community building, and you trap, stop trying to sell it, uh -huh. um, you'll sell more of it. Right. And I, I think that's what you realized when you went from, from feeling like you need to make all of the wreaths yourself to saying, wait a minute, like maybe people want these kits. You know, maybe right. people want you know, and so realizing that you didn't have to be the person that was that was controlling the aesthetic look of every single wreath. There's plenty of people that wanted other components. I mean, to me, that's like a a huge shift. So in, what, in what we saw watching the lives was people kept saying, well, I wish we had a store like that here. There's nowhere for us to get ribbon. Our Hobby Lobby is two hours away. And so that immediately told us that, hey, you know what? If we listed this ribbon for sale, people need it. Yeah. So that's how you know we found the product that we were selling and our target audience that we just listened to the people who were already watching us. Mm -hmm. like I, someone I, even I, in your life said we need something like this in California, right? Yeah, and I mean even even people too like you know somebody earlier in this said said that you know engineer mind is thinking if if it's not here I'll just build it I'll create it. Right. You know, if, so, if somebody turns me down for an affiliate sale because they think, well, people are already buying it, then you're just like, no, I'm going to start manufacturing it or I'm going to start, I'm going to figure out how to, to create this because there's a demand. Right. Uh, and so very similar to that, I thought with, with community building, I'm like, there's so many cool people like Damon out there that have these amazing people in their community uh, that, uh, that he's, he's making, he's teaching them how to build these huge creative empires just like his. And I was like, they need to be uh, spotlit too because they're doing the thing and they're teaching others to do the thing. And they're donating, you know, you would think you went from $500 a month donating to this place where now you're donating thousands, thousands you know? Right. And, and to me, I just think that's what it's all about. And like, who's showcasing these amazing individuals on a daily basis that are, that have reach every single day when they, they pop in to live, they have thousands of people watching them. So I just think it's, it's an amazing well, I mean, thing. 
So just thinking about Hurricane Florence out there right now, one of the big things that we did last year was, you know, Hurricane Harvey was in the Gulf. Uh -huh. um, it was coming to our friends in Texas. We stayed on Facebook Live for four hours so the camera cut off, talking to them and crafting with them and saying, hey, look, we're going to be here as long as you're here because we care. Mm -hmm. We want to be here and make sure that your mind is not on the flooding and the winds and the hurricane is coming at you. And so once we did that, it kind of let our audience know that we really did care. It was more about, you know, connecting with our people and um, giving them a place to hang out mm -hmm. and try to forget about that little nagging worry in the back of their mind. Um, and that after Hurricane Harvey is actually when our page kind of exploded. Yeah. And I, I'm sure that like, you know, just like you have the, the, your, your business group where you're teaching creatives how to create uh, businesses for themselves, where uh, you're, you're facilitating an environment on your lives where it's just like this huge meetup of people that are all, that all love the same thing. And, and what like a, an amazing thing to have created where people aren't saying, oh, you're still crafting or, oh, that's so weird. Or, oh, like, why are you spending so much money on ribbon? Like, they're going to places where people are like, oh, I spent too much money at, at Michael's today, or oh, I did this. And they're like, so did I, you know? And it's just like, a, I just love watching your lives because just seeing everybody interact, it's just, it's so cool. Cause they're, they're watching you, but they're also talking to each other. Right. You know, they're saying hi to each other. And uh, it, when you- It reminds me of those old AOL chat rooms. Oh yeah, I, I was <laughs> always on those. <laughs> that was like totally my thing. I like when I'd come home, like I think, what was your screen name? Do you remember your screen name on AIM? Uh, O-N-O-M-A-D, my name backwards. Oh, no, oh really? Yep. I think my, my first one was like Game Boy Kid or something like that. And then it was Cyberdog2255. And then I got a lot of interesting messages, so I shut that one down. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, AOL chat rooms were, were everything. Yep. But I don't know if there's any, uh, let's see if there's any community. Everyone's just saying you're awesome. Everybody knows that. Uh, <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, I'm Warren Carly. I run Octonation, the largest octopus fan club. And so, um, and so that's the thing that I do. That's the community that I have of, uh, 250,000 people that love octopus. And so I guess we, we're showing you as evidence, if you have a weird or a crazy or something, a passion of yours that you can develop a community and a business around it. And, uh, what this conversation was to just inspire people, to just let people know that you can uh, be just like Damon and go from you know uh, a corporate job uh, in oil and gas industry and then make a creative empire and then help a lot of people and spend even more money with, uh, with nonprofits that you care for. Uh, and I think that's the next, that's the next wave. Now that, now that Facebook and that, now that we have tools to go live and connect with people, right. that you can create these communities. So, and we're actually working hard in the background to make Deco Exchange a 501c. So it will be a nonprofit business. That's awesome. I can't wait to see where that, where that goes. That's going to be so amazing. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, does anyone have any more questions? Let's see. We have a lot of Damon is the best. Yeah. It looks like we just got a lot of fans in here now. <laughs> and everyone's like, who, who, who are you with right now? Um, I'm with another person who cares about their community just as much as I do. <laughs> so, uh, 
So I definitely, I think about my community like at all hours of the night, um, all hours of the day. Like when I, I think about different campaigns we can do, I'm pretty sure you're the same way. Just like yeah. constantly thinking like, how can we deliver even more value? What can, who can we introduce them to? Like, like that was a cool thing. What was that? This is, this is like literally me today, just making tons and tons of notes on new things to share. But you know, you can't share it all at once because then they're overwhelmed. Yeah. So yeah. I always ask Absolutely. my people, like I always ask my people, like I uh, reached out to um, like I will reach out to celebrities, I'll reach out to researchers, I'll reach out to, you know, because I'd like I have this this platform or this community or I can give access to people that they wouldn't normally have access to. Uh, but another thing that I said with community building is that it's really important. And I'm sure that you're as as vigilant as I am with making sure that if you're introducing somebody into your audience, that they have high core, they share your core values, their ethics are Absolutely. high, you know, that they're not going to try to turn around and do something that that you would just be like, wow, that's awful. Because we have the power to introduce people um, to to amazing people, right? right? Like my community, I know uh, I have a lot of creatives that follow me and Octonation because one thing that I do with Octonation is I share um, octopus inspired art. And a lot of the people that I work with, when I go to post their product on Octonation, they sell out. Right. Um, like they sell out all their prints, they sell everything that they've created. And then, and then it's just like, they're like, wow, like I, I haven't received validation like this for something that I love to do in 10 years, in 20 years. I've never had my shop sell out. And I think that's what it's all about. That's why why have a platform if you can't do things like that, you know? That's one of the things that we do as well. So we'll have um, people send us their homemade product, handmade products. Uh -huh. And if we think they are quality, something that we would use ourselves, um, we share them on Facebook Lives and we help them grow their businesses too. Yeah, it's just amazing. So it's always uh, fun. So I'm gonna let you. I know you have to get to work. You have to probably jump yeah. on live right now and make <laughs> and make yeah, something we'll live at seven. <laughs> at seven, so it's pretty yeah. soon. So all of my uh, community definitely go watch Damon. Watch what he does. Watch his magic. Watch how he interacts with people. Watch how he's just unapologetically himself, and that you can be just you and stand in who you are and right. create a seven-figure business and uh, and impact a lot of people at the same time by donating more to nonprofits, by you're founding a nonprofit, you're, you're the person to watch. So I think it's also important to, to just state that just because you have a seven figure business, you don't pay yourself a seven figure salary. Yeah. Um, you know, so we are able to help more now because we make more money and our lifestyle didn't change in the process. Yeah. So it's, it's amazing. All the stuff. He still does lives in his barefoot. I'm barefoot right now. <laughs> I'm, bare, I'm barefoot right now too. So, I mean, it doesn't. We're not. We're not wearing Louis Vuittons no. at the table. <laughs> no, I noticed I had glitter right here a while ago. I saw it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, having this conversation. Um, Absolutely. Everybody, everybody, tune in to Damon. I'm going to post links to his uh, his community down below. Hopefully, if you're part of, of his community right now and you're just tuning in, you watch this live so you can learn all about. Um, joining that inner circle of his um, and and really seeing that it is transforming people's lives and that uh, you have somebody uh, in there um, and you have a lot of people in there that can address your questions and make your your dreams a reality as far as as your business is concerned. So thank you so much, Damon. Hey Warren, a lot of my people are asking, how do they follow you? Do they just like your uh, your personal page or do you have a business page? 
Yeah, I think I think uh, following me on my personal page is good. Um, you can go to a Warren Carlisle if you're interested. Uh, I have a business page on Warren Carlisle. If you're interested in Octonation and uh, say you have a, a, a friend, a niece, a nephew, I know it's not for everybody, um, but uh, on Instagram or Octonation, uh, we provide uh, educational entertainment, art, uh, fun facts, uh, really cool stuff about octopus. Um, uh, really fun videos. Um, we go to aquariums and I interview uh, cephalopod researchers and watch them light up um, talking about the thing that they love. And we ask questions about octopus. It's, it's really cool. So yeah. a lot of the same stuff uh, Damon is doing with you in, in his space and in his industry, you can rinse, repeat and do it for, for the community that you want to build. Uh, just kind of, uh, I say the best part the best way to build a huge community is to be a part of communities where the leaders are doing it right. Absolutely. Which is why when I, when I followed uh, Damon and I saw all that he was doing, I'm like, he is a case study and, and what you're supposed to be like and who you're, who you're supposed to mimic is just somebody who's unapologetically themselves loves the thing that they're doing. Uh, and there's plenty of other leaders. And that's uh, what I'm looking to do by doing this show is showing off people who are doing what they love and they're, they're making a living at it and they love their life because they get to be lit up every single day by a community that loves them and they're giving back to them. So I hope everybody got value in that today. And, uh, yeah, enjoy. <laughs> I'm reading all these comments. It's so I know. <laughs> you need a, you need a warehouse in California. There's so many people who want to go work for you. All of your employers are just, or all of your uh, future employees or f future, whatever. They're just like, come on, we want to work for you. Like right now. <laughs> So Cleve's in here. She's in your area. She's in Houston. Oh, awesome. Cool. Houston. Yeah. There's not that many octopuses in Houston. So <laughs> that's, that's the only thing that's going to happen, but, uh, <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for going live yeah, with me. Absolutely. And, uh, we'll be in contact. Uh, Damon said he promised me, uh, that we're, he was going to make an octopus wreath. Uh, so, so that's so, going to be a lot of fun. So you don't know who this is, but for everyone else that's a wreath maker in here, um, I have Iveth working on an octopus sign. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so Iveth does like amazing, like detail. Really? So they'll all know who she is. Oh, really? That's awesome. So guys, uh, I, I'm, I'm definitely like, we have to go live to the Octonation community when that happens, because like I said, there's a, a quarter of a million octopus fanatics there that'll just go crazy. Like if you made like an octopus Christmas wreath, I don't even know if you would, like there'd be no way that it's like, uh, everyone would go ape shit. It would just be crazy. <laughs> she's, she's like cutting it out. So there'll probably only be one of these. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Well we'll, we'll, right. we'll figure something out. But awesome. Thank you guys. I hope you, uh, hope you enjoyed this live and I will talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye, guys. Bye, y'all.